Hi everyone, welcome back to the Agility Rose Talk and Train podcast. Very excited for this episode, joined by the amazing Lucy Norton, you might also know her as Lucy Osborne, and we discussed all about sensitive dogs in agility. So Lucy answered questions sent in by our lovely listeners, and it was a fantastic episode with lots of information, great for people who don't have sensitive dogs as well, so if you're a judge wanting to know more about how you can support sensitive dogs in the ring, whether you're a ring manager, there is something for everyone in this episode. And it was really interesting to delve into the ways our dogs show sensitivity, and it might not always be what you expect. But before we get started, I just wanna say a huge thank you to our podcast sponsors. We are very proudly sponsored by Nailer Agility and Pause Trading. So to give you some more information about those two lovely agility businesses, Nailer Agility specialise in tunnels and we've been testing out their new non-slip plus range of tunnels. I train outdoors all year round. I have no nice indoor area to be in, so my dogs are out whether it's rain or shine. And the tunnels have held brilliantly. I'm really, really impressed by them. We have the blue version. And what I love most about Nailer is the attention to detail and the amount of information they take on from feedback and put that into the products themselves. So for example, their non-slip plus range are in beautiful light colors. And I'm very, very impressed with the quality of the tunnels that we've been testing out for them. So do give Nayla a look. They have a new brilliant agility website and I'll link that in the show notes. I do have a discount code as well for them. So if you use the code Elise10, E-L-I-S-E number 10, and you should receive 10% off all of your orders. So do check them out. They're a fantastic family business and they're always happy to help if you have any questions. In addition, we are super proud to be sponsored by Pause Trading, who are a fantastic family-run agility products business. They sell everything and anything you can imagine that you might need when it comes to owning an agility dog. Whether that's your tug toys, your treats, anything you need, they will have. They also sell beds, bowls, all sorts of things you can imagine. And I always feel very relieved if I forgot something and I know these guys are at a show because I can imagine they have it there and I'm all good to go, panic over. So do have a look on their website. They have a huge range of products available with great offers and a very, very fair price as well. So when it comes to your agility toys, they have their own made products, which are the Paws Made Tug Toys. And I can guarantee you there is something for every dog. I have a variety of pet dogs myself and the toys we've been testing out have been incredible and so helpful in their training. And like I say, they adapt and they have so many options to suit every dog. Same goes for the treats as well. Whether it's pate, whether it's a high value smelly treat, or whether it's their own grain free training treats, they have something to suit everyone and every dog. So give them a look, check them out. They're in the show notes, the link to their website. And as I say, I always do a review on the monthly products that we receive. And I can guarantee you, whatever we've tried is phenomenal. I'm very, very proud to be sponsored by Pulse Trading. So thank you, everyone. 
um, for listening so far. And thank you, Pause Trading and Naila, for all your continued support. And without further ado, let's get into the episode. So, yeah, so thank you, Lucy, for joining me. I'm really excited about this one because sensitive agility dogs is something, um, you know, I, I experience on my own dogs and I'm sure you've had as well. Um, so, yeah, so obviously we had quite a few questions sent in, which were fantastic. Um, for anyone that's not heard of you before, which um, I'd be surprised if they did, didn't, um, could you just give a quick intro about yourself, your dogs, how long you've been in agility for and your favourite achievement to date? Okay, so I'm Lucy Norton. Um, I am an agility trainer um, and handler. Um, I've been in agility, I worked this out today and I was I felt quite sad after this. Um, I've been in agility for 22 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. Lucy, that's as long as I've been alive. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've been in agility, or um, I started agility uh, 22 years ago. Um, so I had a pet dog, um, and she was uh, she was how I got into it, really. She didn't – I wouldn't say she um, – she didn't particularly live for it. She wasn't a high drive border collie. She was um, just your like your average, you know. She kind of wanted to do stuff for us, but didn't really love it. Yeah. Um, and she was quite hard work. She was. Um, I remember starting agility. I was twelve years old then. Um, so yeah, she was quite hard work. She was quite people reactive, which mm-hmm. was a big start for me. Um, being 12 year old, years old and being obviously very small um she was people reactive we had to muzzle train her a lot um the time um it was it was not the greatest training um but yeah. obviously everything moves on um so yeah she's how i started and then she kind of got me hooked because everybody told me that i couldn't do it with her um you can't do it with the reactive dog you can't do it you know she can't be helped etc um and she was the, the dog that i was kind of like no that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Like, you're not telling me I can't do something. Um, so, yeah, she's the, pers- <laughs> uh, the person, the dog, that kind of got me started and hooked um, on working on how to get around agility with a dog that wasn't so confident or maybe yeah. a little bit reactive. Um, but, yeah, then I went on to have another Border Collie, which he was, like, like my total comfy slippers. He was amazing. Um, the dog of a lifetime. So that was Ben. He went on to represent... Uh, Great Britain, I can't remember how many times, but numerous <laughs> times, um, and got a silver medal um, in wow. the individual agility. So, yeah, behind Dave, I think it was like 0.02 in front of me. Or how? Beat oh, my me at the last second. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah. Um, so, no, Ben, and then uh, I've had a handful of other dogs since, and obviously Fling, who's I'm probably more commonly known for, mm-hmm. um, again, the little spits competing um on team gb as well and then i've got a young dog now marvel um which she's 14 months so um yeah and a a couple more dogs in between so yes they're all different breeds and obviously uh the one which probably a lot of people know me for with their sensitivity is my pyrenean sheepdog figure yes bless her bless her she's been through been through a lot hasn't she but you've really really stuck by and she's got through it um, which and she's getting there absolutely um awesome um so okay so as you said you've got a lot of experience in this subject which obviously I know which is why I asked you um to do this subject 
Um, but in, when it comes to sensitivity, so for the first question, um, what does it look like in an agility setting and can it present differently in some breeds compared to others? Oh, massively. Yeah. Um, because there's, I would say that you can have sensitivity around like every different thing in yeah. the, like in the world. Like, so it, it, we can't like just say, yeah, it's, you can be sensitive around agility. There's so many factors of agility, which make dogs sensitive mm-hmm. or make dogs in a state of like over arousal, yeah. um, and like fuzzy thinkers. Um, and I think sometimes I think a biggest issue with agility is because there's so many different things that can cause yeah. reactivity or, um, I would say like reactivity, but also um, sensitivity or over arousal. And I think all of them, them three things, they all mm-hmm. so much link into each other because I think actually over arousal, most dogs, we see them as being like crazy thinkers. Are like, yeah. oh my, they've just gone totally, totally mental. Actually, some of that isn't just them being crazy, stupid idiots. Like they've lost their mind, they, you know, people refer to them dogs I always see it over social media Mm. oh they're crazy they can't think but actually in general life them dogs aren't like that so for me then I would be like hmm okay in general life they're not crazy lunatics it's only in this setting when they're maybe getting something wrong that they turn into this behavior so maybe then actually that that behavior that looks like they're crazy lunatics actually to me might show me a little bit more sensitivity yeah um, rather than them being like what most people would deem them as crazy lunatics that have lost their brain um so I guess there's a lot of things and I, I it's super hard to just say I think that there's one thing in agility mm-hmm. I think there's so many different things that could happen it could be like get into the ring walking past cars in car parks when dogs yeah. are lunging at the back of the cars you know, on the exercise area when somebody doesn't have a recall, um, you know, walk into the rings when people have their dogs on the long line, um, interacting with your dog when your dog's in the queue. So many different things. There's the tannoys, there's people, there's people being inconsiderate. You know, all them different things could be quite stressful for your dogs. Mm. But yet some others are absolutely fine. So, for example, my the Pyrenean that I have, she finds um, the environment of being like close to people and the and things happening quickly where she can't process things. She likes yeah. a little bit of time to go between the stages. Whereas obviously when we go to agility at a show, people want to come in and take the lead. And even if I've chucked to the side, someone will come in and I'm like, just go away, leave me alone. Um, <laughs> but, you, you know, you can't sometimes it's really hard to control the environment. Yeah. Um, as much as we really try hard, but we can only try hard to control it as much as we can. Um, yeah. And I guess that's what we'll talk about a little bit more in in the rest of the podcast, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, like you say, with the environment and everything, you know, from a behavioural kind of background, the, the amount of what we'd call trigger stacking, as you say, just getting from the car to the ring, you don't realise how much how dogs are actually taking in and how it how just that journey from you know car to ring can really affect them um yeah and I think I think if you if sorry if you're confused at any point or you're looking into trying to work out like what's happening get someone to video you I know it sounds really crazy but 
just get someone to follow you, video you on the way to the ring and video like over three shows every time you come out to go to the ring video and and try and then look at that video see if you can see if there's any things where you're like you haven't noticed but like your dog suddenly looks stressed yeah absolutely I think that's a really good idea in fact I, I might pinch that this weekend um no I think that's a really good suggestion because you say you know we only really end up filming our actual run side of it we don't film the before the after um which is like you say where most of this begins from for for some dogs yeah I definitely think so and I think sometimes like for me I'm so busy trying to check out what people are doing and what dogs are doing and trying to preempt what people are doing that you can't always have your eyes forward and your, and your eyes down so it's you know it's always good to have a, a pair of eyes behind you yeah. videoing you so that if you've missed anything you can start to piece together the puzzle to move forward yeah absolutely absolutely I think that's a great idea definitely it's so a question too I honestly could have written this one it sounds like I've written it but I promise you it wasn't me um but um this person asks I have a sensitive spaniel and find the hardest bit of the course is the start line. How can I help improve this at a show if it's fine in training? I guess it's somewhat similar to what we've just discussed, but is there anything you want to add? Yeah, I guess, like, again, we've got a number of factors to take into consideration. Like, um, is there any known reasons for the dog being, like, nervous at mm. um, a show? Is it the fact, like, to take the lead off in the same way? Are you more anxious? It, probably is to do with like you nerves mm. anxious you know you're, you're like oh no they're going to shut down or oh no they're going to be like i don't know they're going to go off sniff they might go into the school tent oh you know and it's that that you build that big anxious like pattern into your head where you're like you get so anxious that the dogs are like oh my god mom's being like a nervous wreck or dad's being like a nervous wreck and i can't mm. cope with this like and then they go off and sniff because it's like oh god lord i don't want to be around this person right now um so it might not be that you you're trying to be the most helpful person in the world but because you're so anxious it's maybe passing it down to the dog so we yeah. might have that to deal with and in that situation then it's just a game um of you changing your mindset so you go right okay i'm going to go into the ring and I, it doesn't matter if they displace on the start i'm just going to let them displace on the start and then like move past the first jump and then reset them up again after jump number one and be like right okay we're starting now and start from here and if it all goes brilliantly from number two well yeah. then we know that it's you being so anxious on the start yeah um or you could do it turn around and you could be like right okay i'm just going to change my start line setup completely um and it might be i might just do a push around start it's not my favorite thing in the world to do but mm. i might just do a push around start because every time i put them in a weight in a competition they got sniffing and i don't want to rehearse what is clearly something is making my dog anxious or nervous that they are um displacing to sniff um so then okay i might change the setup of what we're doing so that they don't have as much time to think about displacing um how long is it taking you to get out on the start line is it you know is it not quick fire enough for them that they are like they have that time to displace and you have like a, a routine so do we have a routine on the start do they have a set thing like in training do we just go straight into it and then in competition do you then like fanny around with this big massive like start line procedure but in training you just tell them to sit wait and walk off 
So like, is there a, we need to look at the whole, whole pattern of what happens in training and then what happens in the ring. But then we also need to look at, okay, if it's not them, sim, like I would call them simple fixes because you can control them once quite easily. Like if mm. it's you that's getting anxious, I know it's, it is quite a hard process to fix it. And, you know, I would say, right, okay, we need to change your mindset. Like we need to not worry about the start so much. We need to just go in and say, right, okay, like, we're going to do um, the first jump and then we're going to mm -hmm. let the dog jump up us. We're going to have a little play and then we're going to start from another two. And if that works, brilliant. It just shows that it was me being anxious. And then you can yeah. start to see that actually it can happen and the dog can be successful and that we don't need to be anxious about the start because actually if it can do it from number two, then it can do it from number one. And then if we start mm -hmm. to believe that will happen, then genuinely, normally that, that then starts to happen. Uh, the only, the harder things to fix are if it's people or if it's dogs. Yeah. Um, so my situation, like with big, she just doesn't like that rushing. So it might be that mm. the dog doesn't like being rushed in. So I like the figure likes me to take a lead off like the dog before. She doesn't yeah. want me to go into the ring and then take a lead off and then it all be rushed to get in on the start. It's like a whole, she likes it to be like a process. So yeah. that dog might be the same. It might be like, oh my God, like I've been studying the queue for 10 minutes and now I'm like, my lead's off and I've just got to quickly think. So for me, I try and get somebody to queue for me or I say to the person at the end of the line, hi, my dog's not great with others. Please, could you just save my spot? I'll pop back when we're two from the start and could I have some space, please? usually people are brilliant and they yeah. say yeah that's fine you you pop back down you I like I'll keep popping and checking and waving and saying thank you and usually then people are fine I occasionally 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 you get the old person that will let the dog get too close and I'm like, I'll just turn around and say excuse me like please could I have some space um you know I'm not being mm -hmm. funny like just really would like some space please um then most of the time they'll give you space um and if they don't then i would then choose to forfeit that run or throw it in in a way that's going to be beneficial to my dog if that that is going to be a catalyst to being um not as successful then i go right okay that person stood behind me i know now like for example my i like to try and get figure to play or bark um before mm -hmm. i start She's not going to do that, then I'm like, right, okay, we'll switch into, um, like, start number two, which would be usually be, right, okay, I'll pick her up and I'll give her a cuddle and then I'll put her down and I won't do a long, a long lead out at all. I'll literally just get, like, a step away from her, ask her to bark and let her go. So I won't, yeah. like, so it's just trying to work out which is the thing that makes your dog anxious what is it that makes your dog displaced but like I said it's so hard it's like a needle in a haystack until you actually sit and go right okay at training we have x y and z at a show we don't have x y and z we have x and y so now we need to bring z back to training and see if that happens or mm -hmm. you know at training how many times do you have dogs barking behind your dog oh, at the start like you just don't have it like none of the dogs that I teach in training you know I couldn't have people people's dogs stood like barking while I was training it would want to do my absolute <laughs> head in um, but um you know they they're like they aren't exposed to that but then mm. in competition you know they get dogs stood lunging behind them which I find ridiculous because I'm like mm. I don't understand 
why you'd want your dog lunging, barking. I mean, occasionally I use that to wind figure up, but I have it in my arms. I don't have her doing it at the dog on the start line. I just think it's yeah. absolutely rude. Um, if you want to use that, absolutely fine. I'm all for like using another dog. Do it. Just don't do it at the dog on the start line or in the queue. I yeah. just think that, you know, one day this will turn around and you will have this dog with that and then you will not like it and it, it will all then be like, oh, damn, you know. Um, I just think if you require your dog to be wound up, absolutely fine. Just don't do it mm-hmm. at the dogs when they're trying to be in their best frame of mind to work. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it takes, like, it takes everybody to you know, to just have that little bit of respect because actually unless you've had a dog or you know somebody with a dog with, you know, sensitivity issues around like this scenario, I guess Mm -hmm. you're like, your head's in the sand and you're oblivious to it all. But I guess until people start speaking about it and you have like podcasts like yourself, then people Mm -hmm. aren't going to really know um, that the effects that it can cause on um dogs and also people because it will knock their confidence too and massively and like i say you know on the subject of like other people at shows i think there isn't enough awareness sometimes i mean it's getting better i know you've done a lot of advocating for like the sensitive dogs and making sure people are aware of the etiquettes and stuff but you do get it don't you say you, you that telltale someone's um chatting dog at the end of the lead and they're just barking 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 at the side of a ring I mean, how many times yeah, yeah. as a judge do you see it? And it drives me nuts. Um, oh, yeah, you, you do. Like, I, it's hard. It's hard. The hardest thing is as well when you're judging and you're trying to watch the dog in the ring, but then you're like, you spot someone mid-run and they're, they're at the side of the ring. And, and it's not like sometimes you just get talking to your friend and then, mm. you know, you're like, oh, damn, you know. But just say sorry if that happens. Yeah. Just say sorry. And, it, like, everybody, everything's fine. And, you know, it doesn't – an apology goes a long way. So – um you know mistakes happen and accidents happen but yeah an apology goes a long way I think absolutely absolutely and I think yeah raising more awareness of just kind of being aware of you know there are other dogs at shows who who don't enjoy the barking um so much it, yeah. it is helpful and you know I say that as someone who's got a spaniel that doesn't shut up <laughs> yeah um, yeah oh yeah like exactly but I think the other thing I would say as a judge like I like to use my spare wings Mm-hmm. to try and like create a little barricade yes. for the dog that's in the ring but then a barricade behind for the dog that's next in the ring so you kind of yeah. have a space but it also shoves everybody else out um yes. I think that's really helpful as well and I, I like to do it when I'm judging and I also like to have a spare place at the end where you can play with your dog without another dog mm-hmm. being right on your dog's toy um so I think you know if we see more judges trying to like insist of an area that would be really cool too um it'd be really helpful for them dogs yeah absolutely and even as ring managers you know ring managers you know even if you you don't judge and someone's listening like as a ring manager that's something you could you know speak to your judge about and implement I think it'd be really like I say really beneficial for for the dogs that do need that little bit of extra space Um, yeah definitely Definitely. I think, I think um, Q, Q management is a huge, huge thing. So I think sometimes for some sensitive dogs, and I'm speaking from my own experience here as well, sometimes when you've stood in a queue for so long, um, and obviously I, I need to take your advice, I need to, to um, ask to queue and then and then just um, pop out of my space and just ask someone to hold it for me because, um, you know, you can spend a good 10 minutes sometimes in a queue 
Um, yeah, I, ca- for, I kind of think the, the queuing the queuing's not like it. I don't find that so stressful because you can kind of control what you do. Yeah. So most of the time, you can just pop out. I mean, it is annoying when you get there and there's like twelve dogs in the queue. And you're like, oh, great, and especially yeah. if it's warm or cold, um, yeah. which is usually one of the two in England, yeah. isn't it? Um, but um, yeah, at least you can pop it. Like if they get too overaroused, just go mm. for a walk and just do some little heel work and some stuff that keeps them calm. Try to keep them calm. Do maybe mm. do some sit to stand and down and pour and you know just some calmer exercises. Just keep them trying to keep them mentally calm. Um, but yeah, I think it. But it is it is frustrating. But I guess it's it's hard, isn't it? Because we all want to try and get in. Yeah. Get your own stragglers, but everybody kind of wants to be like, right, come on, let's get in. Let's yeah. get it all there. it all there for this run. <laughs> yeah, especially them last ones of the day on a Sunday oh, afternoon God, when yeah. you want to go home. <laughs> Absolutely, they're the worst ones. Um, no, that that's super. Um, I think, like I said, I think mainly just advocating for your dog and just like I said, testing. Um, it's a lot of experimenting to in in those first, in, definitely in the first few seasons. I would say of competing with a sensitive dog, it's a lot of trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work isn't it yeah definitely and I think you know just just keep like watching like watching watching for different changes or getting somebody who knows you with training to say but also someone who's going to be truthful like yeah somebody who's going to turn around and say what the hell are you doing why are you like why are you doing that on the start line yeah like you know what I mean like you want somebody who's going to be truthful to you and not like beat around the bush you want somebody who's going to say like why like for example like you know I I know that if I pick figure up she's more confident but like in training I'd pick her up too mm. if I didn't do that in training they'd be like I'd I know I know if I had asked my friends they'd be like what the hell are you doing you don't do that in training <laughs> you know you want somebody you want somebody to watch you who's gonna who's gonna not be upset about if it upsets you a little bit yeah, yeah, they're going to give you the honest, like the honest truth, um, and also don't be offended what people say because that's their, like, that's their opinion. You don't have to believe it if you don't mm. want to, um, yeah. but it might be helpful. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, I would just just go. Yeah, exactly. I think take on take on board. People can say whatever they want, but just take on board what you want to take on board. And if you think it's rubbish, then bin it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, <laughs> apply that to this podcast, though. Um, <laughs> so, for the next question, I thought this was really interesting. Um, should you let criteria slip in the ring to protect a dog's confidence? And I think if we maybe apply this to things like your weaves and your start lines and your contacts, like specifically running contacts, um, do you think you should let it slip to protect a dog's confidence? Okay. Um... Yeah, so let's go go with running contacts first because they're yeah. the most complicated things in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, if your dog doesn't do well with failure, um, then depending on what they've done um, mm-hmm. and how well they know the criteria, because if they if they hit like perfectly, perfectly, perfectly in training, and then you go to a new training venue and they hit perfectly, and a new training venue they hit perfectly, but then in the ring they do like one stride and like they're nowhere near the contact. Then maybe I'll be like, hey, like clap my hands and be like, let's try that again. Um, yeah. Um, if they can deal with you saying, hey, like what was that? Come on, try again. Like then that is fine. Like you can, but just obviously be mindful of how much your dog can cope with like correction. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. So, like, for example, we figure I don't fix dog walks in the ring because she, her if she misses a dog walk, usually it's because she's going a lot slower than what she would do in training. And mm-hmm. therefore, her hit criteria, I don't want her to overthink it. Um, and then if I correct her and correct her and correct her, she can become sensitive. But on the flip side, I go, oi, what the hell are you doing? Try harder. She'd be like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> She's finally told me. I need to book my ideas up. And, and it's almost like, as well, I think sometimes when you, in that situation, when I say to her, Oi, what are you doing? She's like, Oh, like it's more like I'm being so confident in saying, No, that was wrong. That mm. she's like, Oh, I don't know why I was worried. I'm fine. Because mum's been like, So, like, although I'm correcting her, I'm so like clear in what I'm saying that she's like, Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Then, yes, that was wrong. You know, I'll crack on with that. I'll do it again. Um, but I, I, it's then again a fine line because, like, if I do that to her all the time, she'd be like, hell, I'm out of here. Yeah. But I've got to, you've got to know when is the right time. Um, so, for example, with figure with Weez, I always, I will always correct them because I know she can mm-hmm. do them really well. It's more, I'm sure she two stride down plan. So, if she's not confident, um, then her two stride is going to be higher. So, if she does two strides, yeah. but but it misses then that's fine she she can carry on I'm not going to correct that because um for her it's just run fast put two two nice strides in on the down plank um her criteria is a little bit different to the border collies because she can't deal with as much failure so I won't correct the dog walk um however um I think it's you know every dog yeah and this is going on to a training issue really is this I think sometimes we go so obsessed with this like two low feet contact criteria. Like yeah. if your dog doesn't do two low feet in training, then don't start like getting picky with it in the ring if it's not the same. Yeah. Um, so like be realistic. If if your contact criteria is maybe maybe middle of the contact and it's consistent, that's fine. That's better than doing two strides and consistent hit consistently hit in the middle than it is than doing like an odd third short stride for example if they were like a medium dog just to try and hit like a jackpot criteria because mm-hmm. it's more of an uncomfortable movement so I kind of think as long as as long as they're being consistent with what they are in training but if they are slightly higher then I wouldn't worry about it too much. generally when they become more confident they get better yeah so sometimes yeah. like that happens because of something else like they might be slightly anxious they might have spotted something when they've been working they might their mind might be somewhere else and it all leads to like a dog walk being like a little bit shorter or a little bit higher um and so I kind of think you know if it wasn't ridiculous and they've got one like they've tried to try to reach for it I wouldn't be massively like correcting them as if they were too sensitive for it just don't do it like I don't see the point because you're going to do more damage than you are good um, if they if they can't cope with that. Um, so, but we, I think, kind of think it's quite clear court. Um, if they are going to fail and fail and fail, obviously, yes, don't put them back and back and back. Then then it would be to me, be like, okay, where can I hire, like, show, yeah. like, where can I go to a show, like like the UK ones or... Okay, yeah, just yeah like them sort of shows or you do get like a couple of people that do like a training I think even like uh, Laura's got them now and yeah. um, 
like Marie the course running, like the course running yeah. evenings them sort of ones where it just puts a little bit more pressure on you but it's yeah. not like a show pressure them them like sort of things I would be hitting them hard and going right okay you know I'm only going to get better by increasing little bits of stress uh, gradually so I am I would be looking for them if it was the fact that the dog couldn't hold a start line um then I would try again it depends on what the issue is why it can't hold it um if it was the issue the dog didn't hold a start line because there was stuff going on behind it then I kind of think that we need to work on that in training also you need to be bold and just say guys please give me space and I go onto the start line um and if your dog's like just dog reactive not people reactive like the best thing to say is guys um he's a little bit unsure about people can you give me space even if they're not reactive to people because mm. then people will be like oh okay yeah don't want to get bit. like red flag <laughs> but if you just say oh he doesn't like other dogs people are like oh it's fine I'm not a dog yeah yeah you know what I mean like eat and and I'm not saying then people like are wrong for so just carrying on about their normal like stuff because obviously yeah they're quite right they aren't a dog so of course they're going to act in the same mm-hmm. way you have all all of the class but it's just being mindful and just saying like guys my like, my dog might be a little bit reactive to people could you just give like her space on the start and mm. that that's you know then that falls to you you need to kind of be the advocate for your dog and go right okay I will create you some space here you know yeah. people are going to be around but I'm going to create you some space um and it might be yes you need to let your criteria slip a little bit but if it means like you take your dog's lead off and they're gone um no I would probably say right if you're asking for a weight you would need to try and get it um if in training you've got like a normal lead out and you can run out and the dog stays but in competition you might just put them in a weight and get past the first jump and then calmly release them without you being too frantic then that's a win and just gradually build up yeah um but if you don't I would say don't sacrifice your weight for that I would just do a send around and not ask your dog to do a weight deal with it until you've you've got it more confident in the ring or just do a send around start if you think it's a start that's causing you the issue you need to start throwing runs and you need to go Mm. right okay I'm gonna do one two three stop my dog tell him 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 or her that she's a good and you're a good dog, and then you're going to sit them, and then I'd put them in a weight there and start from line yeah. number three and put them in a weight. So, and then if they can do the weight in the middle of the course, then you can be like, okay, right, I can start to put this back to the start again now because actually they can wait. It's just around the start. So then that means yeah. I need to go, right, okay, guys, something's happening around the start, so I need space. Um, so just use your, t- like, you know, I'm not saying, like, obviously – I'd get shot if I'm saying training the ring. But if you're eliminated, you're eliminated, aren't you? So if I was eliminated for whatever reason, like uh, I picked my dog up or um, they did the wrong jump, or then that mm-hmm. that's not really bothered about the elimination. I'm more worried, like to me, I'm more worried and bothered that I want to get my dog like in a place where it can do behaviours. So it might just yeah. be throwing the start so that you can set him them up in a different way um where you're probably not so anxious because in the middle of the course you're probably a little bit more relaxed than you are at the start absolutely I think that's a really good point I think like I say you know if if you're doing a sender out start three jobs to cause and reward 
obviously not with if you know if it's yeah, I mean, you can, like, as reward, still, but, I'm yeah. like saying like yeah. you can clap your hands and say wow that was good yeah okay let's yeah, try this absolutely. new exercise yeah um, and then let's do a start line and I think like I say I think that's really beneficial for you know you know yourself then or oh, actually we have got a start line we're just not applying it in the place we would be right now if that makes sense yeah, exactly you do have a start line just not at the start line but then it, like yeah. mentally you can go actually yes I do have a start line it's been proven even when I don't wound up I can have a start line so therefore yeah. we can get it at the start and then the other thing is okay like if your dog is really anxious don't spend so long in the ring do three or four obstacles and come out or and build it up and then do eight obstacles and come out or if they displace like after a certain thing like for example mm-hmm. um like they do they do the weaves or and it's like or you've had to correct them in the weaves and they do them and they stay in run out and grab your toy they don't yeah. have to stay in there you don't have to complete the, the um the rest of the course if if your dog really does struggle with any sort of correction and you manage to correct them and they do that piece of equipment without like displacing or and they do it correct like run out and grab your toy you don't need to do the rest of the course like because Absolutely. you've corrected them and you've had five faults even if you win the class you can't win up so like use that yeah. that's so valuable to get out the ring and go and reward them if you're like a um a dog with food um that you i would just be straight out the ring and be like wow that was amazing you know you you know you dealt with correction and you did it perfect brilliant get you, you know every time you do that you're like building your dog's ego wow can do it oh i can do it <laughs> Like, oh, I didn't need, God, I, that was quick, that go. And it's like, you kind of want to leave them leaving, like, wanting more. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think sometimes you get so focused on doing the whole course, and then you lose your win. Mm, and I think that's that's the biggest thing, is actually, like, your win like, might be completely different to somebody else's. Like, um, I went to Ogilvy Dogs with Figure, and, you know, she'd, had a horrific show the time before and the fact that she wouldn't even do anything she wanted to be in my arms and just didn't even want to be on the floor she was shaking and hated it and I was like that's it and I can remember messaging a couple of my friends saying like I think that's it you know I don't think I'm going to get back from this um and it was brilliant so like my next show was um Ogilvy Dogs and and I think for me it was you know going to that show yeah. Marita's really good. She doesn't have the dogs. The dogs aren't allowed in, so you don't have loads of noise. You don't have loads of dogs barking. People to watch, so you don't have loads of people all around the ring. And and it was Dan judging, and I said, Dan, you know, I've just had this awful time, um, and I don't actually know if I'll get about doing agility. Mm. And I said, I just want to come into the ring, be on the start line and see how she is and if it means that I have to just bring her into the ring and cuddle her is that okay and I was like like that's you know she's had a a rubbish time like she has been Mm -hmm. like absolutely crucified mentally he was like even if you come in if you want to come in and sit in the ring or just walk her into the ring pick her up and give her a cuddle and ask her to do your left and right and for me like my goal of that show was right I would like her to play with a toy and I would like her to be happy enough that she can do left, right, spin, bark, and then even um, on the uh, like on the start line. 
and and actually because I had already gone in there and I'd kind of already spoken to the judge and I was like you know I had kind of aired all my stress from the last show I was like you know it was it was utterly shit x y and z had happened like there was loads of faff on the start you know mm. I thought I'd aired my like I'd aired my rubbish and I'd said this has happened I need to move on from it but also I kind of just said as well that mentally I was like if I can get her to be happy and play with a toy for me that was a win I wasn't even bothered about doing the agility yeah because for me it was I just want her to be happy in the environment where agility equipment is that's not at my home so for me that was a win like and I said if if she goes into the ring and she looks happy we'll do agility and it's just bloody amazing that day because I took all of the stress all of the anxiety of me thinking about doing a full course after this catastrophic event had happened mm-hmm. I'd taken it away because I all I was focused on was such a minor goal yeah that the stress had, had then come away from like you know the goals of me because my goal like I wanted her, her you know and I, I kind of it's it all everything had gone wrong like in the build-up so I think just use them times you don't need to be in there but actually if you mm. plan not to be in there sometimes actually that makes your mindset change and it totally yeah. changes for the dog and like Sigal was like a completely different dog because she knew oh. I wasn't so anxious about you know all I wanted was this one small thing so she was mm-hmm. like oh this is fine my mum's like totally like even though I don't feel like I was any different I clearly was yeah yeah so and, it, and I think sometimes like you go like oh you know I'm not putting pressure on and I always said this to, uh, about figure it's like figure struggle because at a point she was nearly like an only dog um and even though I felt like I was never putting pressure on her I definitely was yeah some dogs just can't deal with that it's hard and because even sometimes when you don't think you are you are um and it's about trying to negotiate that um and and setting yourself you know smaller goals more achievable goals so that you mentally can be happy and also they can mentally be happy and I think that is that's a hard thing to do because I think I know this is I think it's hard because social media and it always boils down to social media and and what you do sink into the brain and what you allow to just ride straight over because like you know I can say oh you know it's like bigger seven today wow she's just went into grade four I'm like Mm. yeah and like the the dog she trained with are on team gb i'm like that that for me like that could get me so stressed but i'm like do you know what like figure is a complex little dog she's had loads mm-hmm. of rubbish happen to her like our goals are very different like yeah. she's never going to be on team gb she's never going to do them things however we are in this process together and we're learning together and and you know what she really she actually really loves doing agility um, and, and has... when you watch her she gets so much from it when you know the environment's right and she's had that set up you know she's not had other things that have affected her you can just see how much joy she actually yeah. gets from it which is beautiful but we're going off topic again aren't we but yeah basically don't spend so long <laughs> in the ring um don't spend so long in the ring keep your goal short um and and sh- achievable like they have to be achievable if they you know it's all right yeah. being a like aiming high um 
but make sure them goals are broken down into small doses that that you can mentally win so it keeps you going yes. and the dog going yeah absolutely Pro- progress over outcome as they would say with goal setting i think is a huge thing especially with sensitive yes. dogs yeah definitely. Um, awesome um i think we've sort of touched on a little bit um this next question but this one um asks my dog displaces in competition runs for example sniffing wandering away easily distracted but doesn't do this at training how can i help build confidence in the ring at shows obviously we've just discussed a little bit about what you do with figure is there anything else you want to add to that i know sniffing and wandering yeah I, I would li- literally if, if it's at the start just do a running start do four or five obstacles out yeah. you go loads of food at the end build it up slowly like yeah there's there's I, it, I would say it's pretty much hand like that sort of thing usually is is handler stress and and especially i would say more, most common thing in the world with spaniels um mm. because i do think like we often think they are really strong little dogs but actually i think um as agility trainer i see more sensitive spaniels um regarding like being sensitive and on their handler stress than i do yeah. like really bold and like confident dogs i or that i wouldn't say that i would say the dogs that aren't like so emotionally attached to their owner i would say is like like i would describe like figure as being like really emotionally attached whereas i would say my younger border collie absolutely not an emotionally attached dog at all if i was in a bad (laughs) mood she wouldn't give two dams so just know your dog so if i would say most of the time it it is anxiety from the owner mm. um, so it's breaking that anxiety habit and setting yourself up for success so if it doesn't do it in training brilliant now choose another two venues to go to yeah if it doesn't do it in, that, in them two venues brilliant that's like a massive win but like don't go for your whole course again do you if it displaces on the start do like one obstacle and then reward it. I mean, remember in the ring as well, you can just do one obstacle and then be like, have a party, clap your hands. Woo, that's amazing. That was brilliant. And then fling around your body and go straight into it again. You can yeah. acknowledge and reward a good thing. You know, you don't, just because you don't get your toy out, or you don't get a treat out, you can acknowledge it. And I would, I always try and make a, a point of, like I use my voice a lot. So I'm normally like, yay, wow, that was amazing. You know, you just mark things like you don't yeah. have to be like you know okay left right you know yeah. whatever you can use use your voice so you do the first jump and they or you're saying sit and you're walking out and then they're like oh god they're doing this thing again do you sit and walk out and be like oh wow you're focusing on me teach them a look at you so they've got a behavior to look at you right? and if i say to my dogs mm-hmm. um focus um it means to watch me if i say to look it means to look at the obstacle teach you know teach them that skill so that they know that yeah. actually mum's told me to look at them okay i'll look at them like give yeah. give them a, something to focus about which you know if it's trained well then that's going to help you but again it's that small goals or achievable goals and building on yeah absolutely i think i could say as well, you know, it always makes me laugh because I know when you're running because I can hear you from the other end yeah. of the arena. But that's how it should be. As I say, you know, for for dogs, you know, the some dogs I, I get, you know, maybe you need to be the calmer handler with certain ones. Oh, yeah, but definitely. Sensitive dogs, I think, if if they thrive off you being a little bit wild, 
that you know there's absolutely no means not to I mean we are at an agility show we're all a bit wild and <laughs> we're all a bit nuts, <laughs> running around putting a piece in him we're all a bit yeah. nuts absolutely you're not going to get if you're going to get judged somewhere it's not going to be an agility show if if um, you're going to be loud um so yeah so just let loose a little bit I think the dogs really do benefit from that if if they do like say really enjoy that kind of um camaraderie I think it's it's brilliant for them it's just something I need to practice a little bit more myself (laughs) I know I need to crazy elite (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I need to turn on my inner Lucy. Next, you'll see me if you see me at the show next, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm screaming with excitement. I'm channeling you, Lucy. Yeah, tell me. Um, I yeah, that. I think, I think sometimes, like for me, it's like, like for, I used to use that like energy for fling. Yeah. Um, because yeah. again, she wasn't. She has never always been like a self-motivated dog. Um. Mm. So for her, it was like the more I spoke, the more it wound her up. The more it, like it was like her, the voice wasn't for like um, confidence, but it was more of motivation. Um, yeah. Whereas for like figure, it's like, wow, you're doing good, and she's like, oh my god, I'm doing good. Like, oh yeah, that was it, good, and like that is like them constant marks. Yes, you you've got it. Wow, mm. that was it. She, so she's constantly going around the course, going, I've got my wheeze. Oh my god, that was right okay yeah brilliant oh I've got that yes wow oh I've got it whereas for example like my younger dog Marble absolutely no way do I need to be like that it's I'm quite, <laughs> you know I can be very calm and like you know say my thing and go to the next thing and be really calm and that's fine because she doesn't need that because it would send her too high so it's just yeah work it work in the dog so if you if your dog needs confidence give it confidence don't give it like oh my god I can't talk I'm oh god yeah you know like, so it's, if it needs confidence then you you need to be the person to give it its confidence it's not just going to pick it up itself if it if it needs help absolutely absolutely i couldn't agree more awesome okay next question if you're okay with that yeah yeah um a lot of people say keep going with a sensitive dog but how do you know when to continue working hard or when to step back and stop training slash competing and i guess you could say if you know Maybe not completely give up, but when you might need a break from it, if, for example. Yeah, I kind of think um, some dogs do good with a break. Like, yeah. There's nothing wrong with giving them a break. Like, mm. even if it's, like, two or three weeks off, like, just give them two or three weeks off. Do something different. So, like, you can yeah. still be training your dog, and you can still be training your dog for agility without doing agility equipment. Like, you can still, Absolutely. And I think the thing is, sometimes, like, we can train so hard, it gets boring. Yeah. And the dogs didn't choose agility. We chose them and then started yeah. doing this agility thing with them. So, like, you know, sometimes, you know, your dog's going to enjoy agility, but it's not going to be like, oh, Jesus, yeah, I need to, like, it's going to look at you and go, not this thing again. Like, <laughs> you've sold it to me far too many times and I'm bored now. Like, um, <laughs> it's about keeping, like, some dogs can be like, oh yeah we're doing this thing together amazing and that's like but actually then there's some dogs that are like oh god lord again and but I'm like that with things like Mm. you know if if you said to me every week we're going or like twice a week we're going to do this and and then like sometimes I'd be like oh not again um (laughs) and like you're like strap your happy face on um and I think you know dogs can be the same like 
they still have the same emotions too like they still have that same feeling where sometimes they're just a little bit like meh um and so I think sometimes the breakers some good especially them sort of dogs do mm. like for figure she the amount she trains is minimal compared to my other dogs and yeah. like she does like I'll get her out a warmer up and then I'll do like four repetitions a week and I'm like yeah done and then she's like oh. And I'll clip her on a lead and I'll, the other dogs will train and she watches the other dogs and then she kind of runs to me and I'm like, no, no, you're done. Oh. And she's like, oh, but, but, and then the next time I'll do a little bit more with her and then the next time I won't do any training with her. Like I'll just yeah. train the other dogs and then like, you know, I'll do some dog walk training like, and I'll get like, I'll clip her up to the side and I'll like, do some dog walk training and then I'll get Marvel out and I'll do some, I'm, do some mat work with her and then I put them away and then I'll do a little bit for figure and then so she only does like for every like two sessions they do she probably does one mm. um and occasionally she'll do if they do two sessions she'll do two like five, five minute sessions um but since I've started doing that there's a whole heap of difference in her because she's like she knows it's not going to be a long period she knows it's going to be rewarding which she knows I'm not like I'm not going to keep trying to go and go and go and go and go i leave i know for figure we have a couple of repetitions and then she's like yeah okay i'm bored of repeating this rubbish now um, yeah so it's just keep it short keep it sweet yeah like, absolutely make sure it's rewarding don't overkill you know like if you're training a skill like don't go right okay i'm going to train saddle wraps in two sessions and then i'm going to be expecting to uh, sequence them just go right okay it's going to take sessions because I'm going to do it in super short sessions and I wouldn't even yeah. do like two sessions a day I would literally do one session each day um and then I'd like give them give them like if you're doing two like one session each day for like a week just doing like five minutes a day then give her like four four days off doing anything agility wise the walks and your normal things and maybe some trick training or but don't do that same agility rubbish that you've been doing for the past like six days or five minutes every day because they're going to be like oh god you know you've got to kind of just keep it that it's a nice amount of size for them to yeah. be wanting more not tired like cause if they're too tired they're, they've gone past that point where they're like they've enjoyed it because they're like mm. oh give me to do this rubber ass um, do you know what I mean it needs to be short and every dog will have a different amount so it might be that you only get two or three repetitions as in like two or three threadle rats but brilliant if that's your dog then finish at that point and then it will get bigger but the more you're trying to like push your limit of time the more yeah. you're in that that fatigue of them going oh no um, and it just yes it will take longer but you know hopefully they're going to be with us for quite a while you know there's Absolutely. there's no rush and I always think I'd rather take longer and then enjoy it than kill them out in doing it yeah. repetitive, repetitively and repetitively every single day and then them being like no way I am going in the house and I'm not even going to get in the car when you say it's time to go to the field because I know what's going to happen and then you're just do you know what I mean it's kind of like Yes, it's, yes, it will take longer. Mm. But do you want to do this together? Or do you want to try and, like, push too hard and then they they retreat completely? 
and I yeah. would much rather take the gently, gently, slowly, 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 gradually building it up, and then and then um, you will start to see a change. But I think if you push too hard and expect too quickly, and going back to the goals again, you are expecting your goals to be so high so quickly, you end up mm. you end up like losing if that makes sense. Yeah, and it, you uh, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And and then at that point, then I'm like, you know, when 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 is the time to quit? Like. The thing is, I would say, if you're not enjoying it, um, mm-hmm. if you're not enjoying it and you're not having fun and the dog's not having fun, then take a break. Yeah. Like, it's meant to be fun. Um, and there's there's been times where, oh, God, like, I found figure. Not figure. I found mm, the, the behaviour of what happens so frustrating. Yeah. But yeah. I don't find her frustrating. I find it frustrating that things are happening to her. Like yes, it, yes. it's not. I'm. I'm not annoyed at her. I'm annoyed because I know, like, it's like saying to somebody with like a, a fear of spiders, saying, yeah. oh, "Why can't you just bloody go in that room?" It's like they're only spiders for God's sake. Absolutely. It's not, only, it's not just spiders to that person. Do you know what I mean? It's it's for them to step in that room. It's a freaking massive deal. Yeah. And the fact oh, that they're stepping, the fact that they're stepping into that room, or even poking their head into that room. Is a massive thing, and Terrifying. so I think, yeah. So I think just you, you've got to, you've got to just re, like take things slowly. Um, and if you if you're not enjoying it, take a step back, try and analyze why you're not enjoying it, and then and then go from there. Like, if, speak to people that that can help you, like knowledgeable people that can help you, because like you, some of your friends sometimes will just tell you what you want to hear. Yeah, like. And they'll say, you know, you're doing a great job, which you, you probably are. You're probably doing an amazing job. And it, you know, I know it's frustrating um, with a, a sensitive dog. Um, it is frustrating. But the more you pass that down to the dog, the more it's going to be frustrating for longer. Um, so I guess take a break. Talk to people who um, have good experience with um, sensitivity, with maybe trying to help you with why mm-hmm. this is happening because I can kind of think and seek people that are going to be able to to help you in a positive way and I'm not saying the information might not be maybe what you want to hear but help you in that that information will help you positively make your choice so like if it's that you need to do x y and z or whether you take a longer break or whether you, you know you try doing something different for a while and then come back to agility like just go go and have a chat to somebody who's who is good with understanding dogs that can be nervous and see and see what they say um so you're not trying to make all these decisions by yourself because sometimes it can be hard and you'll get inside your own head um and then sometimes you'll have a positive day and you're like yes it's all great and then the next day you'll be like oh don't like this. yeah why have i like why do, what have i done to deserve this and like and you just can eat your own head by by just trying to deal with it yourself sometimes. So sometimes it's just easier just to have a chat with somebody and say, like, what do you see? Mm, absolutely. I think as well, you can just, you can really, like say, you can really get in into yourself in terms of, you know, it eats away at you for one, you know, worrying and thinking, God, my dog hates agility. Like, you do get in your head and think, my dog hates agility. Why do they hate it? Like... You know they yeah. like it somewhere else but not at shows and I think um I just say you know looking 
at the bigger picture and talking to other people because there's only so much we can see as an individual but we can't see what we're doing if that makes sense like you won't look at the kind of you know when we're analyzing the dog we're more analyzing their behavior rather than just our own as well and I think having that outside view is massively beneficial massively yeah I think sometimes actually what's worked quite well with other dogs in the past is like I know some of my um students can get quite anxious and I know the dogs don't cope Mm -hmm. with them when they get anxious like champ finals and stuff like that it's like their handler is so normal in champ rounds and then they get into the final and they're like this anxious mess and then the dog's like fuck my life I don't know what's going on (laughs) um so like often like with my students I I, like I can see them and I'm like oh lord this is going to be a mess because I'm like I can see them yeah when before when even when they're walking the course I'm like they are anxious already and yeah. I'm like by the way I'm taking X and I'm going to give them a walk around and I'm going to do their warm-up yeah and I'll bring you back you just concentrate on what you're doing and I just bring the dog back to you and actually that usually works really well because the dog hasn't been around this person who's an anxious mess so they don't get like 25 minutes before to pick up on this like hormonal mess um and I think sometimes we just need to like you know um I think it's just like practice being calmer mm-hmm. um, if you need to. Yeah. Like, so if you're suddenly getting anxious and you're getting nervous, then just like, okay, just breathe nice and slowly and just yeah. like, just put some music on and, or like, do whatever works for you. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, it's like I used to stick, stick some music on with Sling because usually if I had my earphones in, people wouldn't would see that and wouldn't talk to me because Fling didn't like other dogs near her anyway especially mm-hmm. if she was with me so I'd stick my earphones in yeah people um, don't talk to you then do they it's brilliant yeah it's brilliant and it, but also like I would listen to music that's going to get me pumped up because yeah. I'm like I need to put loads of energy into this whereas like with Prime like I can kind of be in the middle with Marvel I would be listening to some classic FM or something yeah so um, to bring you so, down before yeah, you go in there yeah exactly so I think it just just take things um just chat to people um chat to somebody chat to someone even if it is like you know somebody you train with your trainer or chat to somebody that you have you've occasionally trained with like so if you've like occasionally had a guest trainer at club or you know um somebody who's seen you a few times and kind of understands your dog not some random person who's just seen you once like just you know have a chat to them and, and see what you know people maybe not necessarily if they're on the way to run the dog but people will like generally try and help you and I think maybe like most agility trainers as well would you know especially if they've been to you and they feel like they can help you they would give their opinion I'm sure absolutely Um, so yeah just ask and I guess you know you're not going to know until um until you ask and I think sometimes it's helpful to see other other people's opinions and you know like see what they say and like I know a lot of people say to me like um you know a lot of my friends say to me like god you know you've got you've got more patience than I have like <laughs> I'd have given a page today and it's like the, the thing is like for me yeah I see that like I totally see their opinion I like mm-hmm. like 100% yeah I, I get it like I see where it comes from but like I see I see my, like my dog in training and she's like literally like trying to break a start line and go like and it's like 
you know, if this dog was the dog she is in training most of the time, she would be grade seven, mm-hmm. um, which is the frustrating part. But yeah. then the part of me is like, the stubborn part of me is like, I know she enjoys it. I know she likes it. I want to work out and get her to a place where she enjoys it. Yeah. And I think I want to work. It's not the winning for me of agility for figure. It's more the negotiating of making her confident in that place. Yeah. And I think when the when it does click it with those type of dogs, it's so much more rewarding in terms of oh, any, yeah. any yeah, accolade. Like it's just seeing them run and do their full speed in the ring. The fact Definitely. I mean, I, I, oh my God. I have um, I have dogs that I train that it's like, you know, it's we've worked so hard on their behavior just to be in the ring. Yeah. And then when they're like a year later or two years later, you're like, wow, they're in grade seven. Oh, my God, they're in champ finals. And yeah. you're like, oh, like they've like qualified for the ABC. And you're like, and they're, or they're at a cross next year. And it's like, you know, this dog we had to work with like nobody could be out or no other dogs could be out and now we we've caught them confidently staying in the rings focused on the owner like it's just gradual goals because you'll forget like all the times all the times I say to um like students especially the students that I have that have harder dogs um, whether they're just like even mentally over aroused dogs like they just go so high so quick yeah and like we have to keep stuffing so short because they go so aroused, over aroused, or the other dogs that you know are more complex in what they need. And you're like, remember this. And I always say to them, write down what we've done and where you're at, because yeah. like in a year or two years' time, you'll look back and you'll be like, oh my god, because you'll forget it. You'll okay. forget these stages you're at. So I think, although it feels sometimes awful, don't hold on to it. As in, like make a note of it but don't erase it because mm. I think when you erase them that journey you try and forget about that journey because it's not a pleasant time at the moment but actually in a in even in a couple of months it won't be that journey and then you'll forget how far you've come and I think real the realization of your goals you need to keep track of that yeah absolutely because otherwise you compare to social media and social media isn't you and your journey oh, God, so I yeah. think, you know I think just just keep track on your own and you know it's all right enjoying other other people's and celebrating other people's journeys but keep a track on your own journey and and celebrate your own progress oh god yeah and I think I'd say with the social media aspect of it you're only ever seeing everyone's highlight reels and even when I do yeah, think definitely. even when you do see the fails you're only seeing the selected fails you're not seeing like yeah. the ones where yeah. you literally abandon ship, finish the session, I'm not doing any more, you know, it's not yep. going well. You don't see those type of ones, you know. Oh, no, you, you, still you don't see, see them. Yeah, you're still seeing yeah. those select ones where it's actually like, okay, yeah. this is a good enough fail, if you like. And I'm not, you know, I'm not yeah. criticizing. Oh, no, 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 completely. And I think <laughs> it, it, it just, that all, the irony, it, that just needs to be highlighted more. Like people, yeah. people like until people, and it sounds stupid because we're all like, yeah, well, like, of course that's their highlights. But subconsciously, you're like, oh, they're doing amazing. And you're like, yeah, but they have practiced a course. They've been there two hours training. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, oh, they can probably, well done with that they can probably put the course together. And, yeah. yes, it was probably quite a hard course, but they have been there doing that. That's not their first run at it. So, like, you know, yeah. to try and not to get 
like so so hooked up and just keep trying keeping your own journey remembering your own journey and I think going back to what we were saying is just just keep things small keep your goals and and chat to people that you need to and and get opinions so you can move forward like productive opinions so that you can move forward and mm. and even if it's like that you because most of these things you can help outside of agility oh god yeah. like you know go into town more like do some behavior do a sit wait yeah. in the middle of town like you know people walking past random people that are too busy about their own day to stop and talk to your dog but just it's busy like, yeah see if you can toy get some toy play in the middle of town go into starbucks and sit there and and ask them for some calmness and then ask ask them to do some focus around people or you know there's loads of different things we can do it doesn't always have to be in an agility context or just go to the show and do your training like around the edge of the ring so do your mm. you do your little start line around the edge of the ring and be like you know you can still have hold of the lead and and see if you can get that in that environment but not on the start line like yeah. you there's so many wins you can take from not even being in the ring absolutely I think do you know it really, really made me laugh when you mentioned that because um I took rain bear in mind he's nearly five next year and he's hard work as you well as you know he's a hard work um in terms of a spaniel he takes a lot of my energy and I didn't really take him many places like into town and stuff because of that reason because he was such hard work to manage in that environment and I thought when he after he'd got neutered I thought I'll take him to you know like a shopping area do some kind of you know work around the shops not in the shops but you know outside the shops maybe sit on a bench and oh my god I got as far as I think it was maybe not even 15 20 meters from the car before I realized wow I need to sit and just do some real kind of work with him because it was so overwhelming for him in a new kind Mm. of environment and I think that really highlighted for me how gaps in other areas of his life not even in agility can actually affect him in agility so then I've changed my whole process with him now this winter instead of focusing on agility goals I'm working on other things that are eventually then going to benefit him in the long term in agility yeah yeah definitely I think I think uh, and and I think this is a common thing like I'm not saying this is everybody but like common thing with agility is is um we're so keen to do agility and agility training and everything agility minded takes up so much of our time that we forget about the the like the life skills and the like normal things so like you know we'll be so intent when they're a puppy teaching them a nose target that we forget like okay we could just you know we could do walk down the street and do some um like you know walk outside the shop or we could go down to you know all them little little things for me them them little sessions or like a little walk around pets at home like I would always try and get like when they're puppies I always try and get like two new places a week um uh, as well as like doing like my regular stuff and regular walks and I try and get like two new exposures a week at least even if it was like you know I hire um, a stable so we're around horses so I'd walk past the horse stables and like random horse heads popping out just all them things of yeah Yeah. you're not going to see them all the time but they want to walk past at that age where they're like oh yeah nothing happened oh yeah that's that oh nothing happened um and we can be totally normal about it and just carry on walking and life experiences that they when they're puppies they they're like oh yeah that happened but it was okay 
and they yeah. you know new things random 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 stuff keeps happening but nothing happens it's all fine you know yeah and I think sometimes we miss that um because you know like even like obviously like the COVID uh, dogs had a massive imp- uh, impact on them is because obviously mm. most of them couldn't get that you know random stuff happening but I think yeah I think we definitely do tend to drop um the life skills as much I'm not saying everybody um and I've been put like definitely guilty of it as well like um like with some of the dogs like you know I've like gone oh okay I think they they don't need it as much or actually I think everybody every dog needs it oh god Um, yeah oh yeah um but again that's learning and yeah evolving and training and stuff like that so yeah I think always good to keep you know you like you said um with rain and you know I know what he's like um and sometimes I think like his hyper energy um it's kind of so easy to forget that actually that hyper energy is probably is like mostly anxiety but what's happening but like for it to be seen from somebody else is like he's an absolute crazy lunatic yeah Um, and he is crazy and he does want to like he's bloody but he um yeah um but he yeah he's he also needs you like he you're like a massive support blanket to him um so yeah it's um definitely it's definitely interesting I think it's this whole like um nervous or nervous anxious um over aroused um it, there's there's so much into it like so so many variables in agility oh god yeah I think there's a massive you could talk honestly you could talk on this topic for forever oh, and ever. yeah 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 I, I think there's so much you know to go into and I think we'll probably cover a few things already in these next few questions but um but yeah I think it's it's never ending into it what you can learn yeah. from them um awesome but I think we've sort of touched on this next one anyways but um we'll see if there's anything else you want to add um so this person asks that um basically their dog picks up on their lack of confidence at shows and when the handler gets it wrong or I'm assuming like a handler maneuver um doesn't go well or they've misdirected the dog the dog then immediately displaces if they try to correct them is there anything you want to add I know obviously you mentioned about just doing doing um I just think you know like um like do do something that like isn't like a correction thing they know that 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 is like a reward so like if you like um quite a lot of my students will fling their dogs around their legs because they don't like that going back so I'm like right fling them around the legs and then they get their ball chop yeah so that if you go way quick 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 tap your leg they come around your leg and then they get the ball chopped but then they you could go hey hey quick 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 yes and then send them back into it yeah 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 just change your attitude to it it's not like it's if you go right it's all about you being really quick on your feet because you need to fix it before they know it's an issue um if you don't fix it before you know it's an issue then like you've got one or two things like you carry on and try and make your own course up um to however it may fall mm-hmm. um uh, obviously hopefully getting safety onto contacts but like hopefully safety onto contacts etc or just like you don't want them if they can't fail at all it literally is like as soon as they as soon as something's happened 
literally you've got to spin around and get to something and then carry on running to something or have yeah. something trained that you tap your leg they come around your legs then you go straight into it again and you carry on yes well done that was it but you don't physically stop if that makes sense yeah I would be yeah like, try and keep moving don't be like oh even if, if that even if that oh is too much don't do it just tap your legs spin them around your legs and get them used to that. If you tap your legs, it's like, quick, hurry up, get around my legs now, chuck a ball. And then, oh, yeah. then you're going to build it up to get around my legs, spin them into that that little sequence again, and then throw the ball, at, obviously not in the ring, but at home, so that they're practicing failing at home. Well, if that makes sense, that they yes. can fail yes. at home. Yeah, it's con- yeah, it's constructive. Like, like, if they go wrong in training, they come out of the, like, the hardest thing is weaves so bloody long. Um, oh no! <laughs> is you know, is is if they come out of the weeds, just run back. Woo! Come on, let's try again. Clap your hands. You know, failing doesn't need to be negative. So yeah, exactly. like, try yeah. and just try and fix yourself as quick as possible. Like so, spinning around the legs is the easiest thing you can teach them. It might even be you ask them to, to do the weave, do the weave, and then ask them to leg weave on the way back or something. If it's going to be quick and they're going to do it quick, or like, for example, hand target. Get them to do multiple hand targets while you're, like, jogging back up to the start of the weave. You know, they can do multiple things, other things, hopefully, um, to keep them highly, high enough aroused that they don't shut down, if that makes sense. So that's how I'd go about it. So, for example, with Prime, if he goes wrong, usually, like, I can say, oh, no, to him. But if I kept going, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, he'd be like, oh, God. So then I just ask him to do some hand targets now. So he's good boy, well done. You know, I think sometimes yeah. we just get so focused about, you know, not getting eliminated. Um, I would just erase that from my mind and I wouldn't care about paper results. I would just care about um, behaviour results. Yes, yeah. I think that's a really good thing to highlight, you know, your behaviour results for a sensitive dog and what you really want to focus on rather than your paper ones. Absolutely. I think that's a really good takeaway for that. So this next one, which I guess is a broad one, so we could be here a while, but, you know, if you want to answer it briefly, you can do. Yeah. But what's the biggest mistake people make with nervous agility dogs? Mm. It's, a, it's a hard um, one. I did say yeah, it. A... I, think, I think the thing is, is it's so hard because it's not targeted at a certain thing and there's so many things they can be nervous of. So yeah. I guess the, the hardest, the, the most common mistake I would say is, with nervous dogs is um people don't treat their nervousness seriously or their anxiousness seriously yeah and just like or they treat it the wrong way they go over the top um so just i would say like like i said about the like the tarantula in a room like if there was a tarantula in a room absolutely like Two years ago, I wouldn't have gone in that room. I wouldn't have even mm. been in that house. I would have been yeah. down the road and I would have been calling the fire brigade to come and get this freaking tarantula <laughs> out of my house. Whereas now, I could poke my head in the same room mm-hmm. and be like, it's up there. I wouldn't stay in that room. Yeah. But, but I'd you, probably you be could acknowledge it's there. <laughs> yeah. So you, you just, just, just gradually deal with things. Don't overload. Deal, take training precautions, but do your training gradually. I just think the biggest mistake is people just go, right, okay, 
they're nervous of people. Well, I need to get them around X amount of people. I need them to be, I need them to do X amount of it. It's like, well, whoa, You're, yeah. you know your dog is nervous about people. So why are you forcing people onto yeah. your dog? Yeah. Or why are you forcing your dog onto people? Don't force them. Just be around people. They don't need to stroke your dog. You, people mm-hmm. don't need to stroke your dog. You, your dog doesn't need to be stroked by them. In a, yes, okay, it's like veterinary aspects, yes, but it doesn't need to be forced upon. Mm-hmm. Things will come gradually. So, for like another thing, I would say, like going back to figure, if somebody comes up to figure and they say, "Oh, you're beautiful," hello, and they put their hand out, she's like, "Whoa, whoa, yep. whoa, you <laughs> one." But if they stand and talk to me for thirty seconds. She's like, hello, talk to me. And then she's there, that's fine. And it's like the whole different way is like, just ignore her and she will be fine with you. Mm. If you're needy, she will dislike you. And even if I go to the vets now, I'll say to them, just let her be for like 30 30 seconds a minute, talk to me, and then she'll be fine with you. And it's always the case. She's fine. But she just cannot deal with needy people. Yeah, where they're just like I don't blame face, them. <laughs> over, her. So why am I going to take her and expect her to cope with a situation which she is going to be find the same as me having to stand in the room with a tarantula? She's mm-hmm. just literally just going to either go into like a screaming frenzy where she's like, "Fucking, oh, I can't cope with this. I can't cope with this. I can't cope yeah. with this." Or she's going to bite. Yeah, because she can't. We, we're ignoring all the things she wants, which she's telling us. Yeah. Or she's going to completely shut down and just, like, shiver and shake. Like, build things up. So that, that's, that's the thing I would say is, like, in that situation, I'd say, just be around people. You don't need – the dog doesn't need to interact with people because being around people is a progression. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, so, a lot of the time yeah. we put – sorry you go ahead <laughs> no I was just gonna say just just build slowly yeah um, and that's and that is that's what I would always say is like in whatever scenario it is build slowly and I think yeah they don't even have to the, the dogs that I even with that scenario that will work is not they're not even agility dogs uh nervous dogs it's like like Marvel is super confident mm-hmm. but she has super high chase drive yeah now, if I take if I took her around the rings at 12 weeks she would have been screaming on the end of a lead I can remember <laughs> first session she was screaming in a crate and I'm like well that's not happening yeah and rather than her doing her first session and, and her screaming in a crate she went in and out in and out of probably about two times that training session mm-hmm. in small doses that she could be successful in so it's yeah. just small small doses and I think that's the one thing that I see the main thing that I see with people with nervous dogs or anxious dogs or like like I said before the the over aroused dogs is that they do wrong is because they jump the gun too quickly just bring it back and just small gradual training doses achievable goals all the way yeah absolutely and I think less is more a lot of the time massively Massively. better to have better to have some really good experiences then lots of mediocre kind of not really uh, you know adding anything to your dog's kind of progress experiences if that makes sense yeah definitely definitely 
Awesome. Okay. So this next one, I think this is a really interesting question, actually. Um, this person asks if you've got any hints or tips on how to prepare a nervous dog for a big event, such as um, obviously for this country, Cuffs or Olympia, um, both inside and outside of the ring. Um, if there's anything you can add to that. I know you've got experience um, with those competitions. Okay. So, yeah. Um, Cuffs, depending on what day you're on, mm-hmm. it's actually it's not too bad because... You do have a back, um, backstage like um, area that you can go into, and with yeah. agility, it's quite good because it's not like the showing. I do feel sorry for the showing dogs because they go in first thing in the morning and they can't leave that venue till like after four thirty at night. Which yeah, I, just, I yeah, poor showing dogs. Um, but with neck. agility dogs, yes, um, with the agility dogs, you get like a dog pass, so you can go in and out. Um, Depending mm-hmm. on whether they're reactive with dogs, cuffs isn't too bad from where you're parked because mm-hmm. uh, where you're benched because you can go in the main doors, um, not the main doors, gate what uh, hall one, yeah, and you can like skirt around the edge and then go straight down. So you can be quite e- it can be quite easy to avoid dogs even on a Saturday going through there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, cuffs is quite easy dogs-wise. Obviously, people, yes, it's harder. Wednesdays and Thursdays usually um, – uh, Wednesdays? Thursdays and Fridays are usually not too bad. Obviously, Saturday mm-hmm. and Sunday is worse. If it's people, just muzzle train them. Mm. It takes all the stress away from you. Like, all of my dogs are muzzle trained. Um, and it's, it's mainly because, like, God, if something – like horrible happened and I'm hoping this doesn't but for example they broke a leg yeah and they were in pain and they were stressed they would bite of course they would like most dogs would like just muzzle train them it is like it isn't a bad thing I think it's one of the most important things you can do um because then you are taking away the stress from walking to crufts and it's not the first time you stuck this bloody muzzle on a dog and gone into this hyped up venue. Um, I know I'm going to Crufts with one of my students who's qualified and their dog is um, dog reactive. Um, mm-hmm. And she was getting stressed about it. And I was like, no, 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 you're right. You're there on a Thursday, it's fine. Like there's less dogs about. Yeah. There's, we, there's less people about, just chip. I'll be there, it'll be fine. The dog's muzzle trained. We're fine. We'll stick his muzzle on. We'll walk in. It'll be fine. But I think sometimes just like have someone there that chills you out. Yeah. Um, I'm like I'm there with um, students. Um, I think every day this next year. Um, oh my god, you booked out. <laughs> I'm booked out. Yeah. But um, it's like I, you know, take someone that calms you down because you will already be anxious because it's a big competition. It's cameras, it's live streams, it's you know, there's a lot on this run. Just take somebody that chills you out. Yeah. And takes it off, like you say, you know, with your other students in Tramp Finals, how mm. much of a difference it is just having someone else there that can help with the dog so yeah, it's not I you transferring to the dog. Massively. I think especially when you've got a some a dog that's reactive, you need somebody, one that knows your dog, two that you trust, three that you can you can completely switch off your dog and concentrate on you. Mm. Yeah, because like I say, you're going to have a lot you're thinking about. You're thinking about getting to Crufts, getting on time, 
if your if your dog sleeps in like a travel lodge or hotel mm. I would book something the night before because you're already going to be an anxious mess so yeah. book somewhere so you're close takes one less stress away yeah and um, and the the good thing with both um Olympia and Crofts for the agility dogs is they can go in and out yes so you can you know you're not parked a million miles away you can go and pop them back in the van you know just let them have yeah. some chill out time they'll be fine you know yeah, most absolutely. of like, for example most of the dogs are used to traveling or being in a show uh in a car for a show so you know this is normal we're just making it really abnormal um so yeah. just we we are lucky like i said you're not like the showing dogs that have to be in there all day mm. you can get in and out of crofts quite easily so don't be too anxious about that you can get an olympia's great obviously for um dogs if they are um dog reactive because they're the only dogs there yes. um but um obviously if they're people reactive yes it does make it a little bit harder but again like literally there's no harm in muzzle training yeah muzzle training um, because equally what does a muzzle do when you see a dog with a muzzle on you stay away from it yeah oh it gives you that it's a clear indication yeah, it, isn't it? you so... don't you don't go over to a dog with a muzzle on and say, oh, it's all right. can i stroke it please i yeah. mean you might get the odd one or two in your yeah. lifetime but they, if you are that you know. person you're a problem <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um but um you know if you see a dog with a muzzle on you are going to probably give it a wide berth which is exactly what you want yes yeah so it gives it's, not, it's not a bad thing you're being responsible but also you're being you're being the biggest advocate for your dog because people are going to give you a wide berth, which is exactly yeah. what your dog wants. And also then your dog's going to compete better because it's not had people trying to stroke it. Mm, absolutely. So, like, just honestly, like people get, so, well, I mean, it, it will be more the norm with all this uh, stuff coming in. Um, yes. But um, honestly, like muzzles are not a bad thing. And I think they can be so helpful in so many scenarios. And mm-hmm. I feel like people just think, oh, if the dog's got a muzzle on, they must be X. But if it if it works and it gives your dog space, use it. Yeah. Like if it makes you if it makes you calmer, do it. If it's just for you getting into a venue so that you're relaxed, do it. But obviously just make sure that the dog is happy wearing a muzzle and train it that it's happy, so it's happy wearing a muzzle. And then it's not stressful yeah absolutely and I think like I say being prepared and having your preparation you've done that obviously in a couple months in advance you've booked your hotel the night before I can't like say having that hotel booked the night before is so much easier where especially if it's your first cross and you're really anxious about getting in and getting to where you need to be because I mean like this year we had snow I mean I was traveling in thick snow it was awful I know, that was crazy, wasn't it? It was only like yeah. a few days before yeah. and then it was like white everywhere. Yeah, in fact, I had a tr- I had one day where I was just coming to spectate. I had my can- my trains were cancelled. It was a nightmare. I couldn't get there. Um, but yeah, but luckily they was on the days I didn't have any dogs. Um, but yeah, I think having like, say, your your preparation all sort of done in, in advance, you know, well, prepare, what's the phrase? It's um, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Um, I think that's the one um, yeah. but I think yeah I think as long as you've done like say preparation for you and your dog you know your muzzle training you know doing your um, you know all your preparation getting everything together 
making sure you've got them checklists, you've got your hotel booked. It makes the day so much easier yeah, then just, because you know you've got it all. Plan, plan and prepare. And, but also, like, don't be regimented for your plan. So if something goes wrong, yeah, like, be prepared to have, okay, what if this happens? Brilliant. Okay, I've got a plan B in place. Yeah. Just anything that makes you, like, if you are, are a flappy person, like, I am really, like, chill about things. Like, yeah. it just take a lot to wind me up. Um, but if you are a flapper, just plan A and plan B, oh, and God, then if, yeah. and and then just have a backup. Someone else you you know is going have their phone number. Yeah, just in case yeah. something happens and you need you know you can't get there on time, but you need you know they give the um the agility plan out like first thing in the morning, so they could just text you. Just to yeah, take one more it, Yeah, just, yeah, just just take just plan and just try and be like you know super chill um and then you know if you need to zone up and and, and gear up when you get in you can do that when you get in but just make sure everything's yep. listed you you've got your plan in place and then go from there yeah absolutely i think the the best place in the world to forget something for a dog show is crufts because oh, yeah. Yeah. Is, you can get you it, can get it and, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah, you, you don't need to worry. Then. You can forget treats, you can forget your dog bed. Pretty much you can forget your lead or your trainer. It's there. Don't need to panic. Yeah. yeah. The one thing I did I did really, really see a big difference for me was um they I can't remember how they call what they call them. It's like a garden um like fold down cart. If you've never been to Crufts before. Oh yeah. Um oh, yeah, the little pulley cart. Oh my god, are they helpful? They're like the proper big garden like trolleys mm. almost. Um, honestly that revolutionized my crufts and in fact the last few years now I've set up my pop-up crate in there I've put rain in in the crate in the trolley and pushed him through crufts he's like he's got his own little pram it's like well it's like his own little um his own little mobile it's brilliant but it just takes (laughs) the pressure off then if you have got a dog that is really worried about the crowd walking a Saturday and Sunday walking your dog through crufts is a nightmare oh no awful and I think you know if you do have a dog where you think right I've got a big dog I can't manage getting them through the crowd a little dog you can pick up but a big dog you've got you can't pick a big dog up and carry it three four halls through I think if you've got a trolley and they get used to traveling in the crate in there brilliant happy days because it makes your life easy you just have to push a big crate and everyone moves out your way then they see you coming and they're like yeah I don't want to get run over um so yeah I think that's something if you are thinking like oh god I don't know how I'm going to get through the halls even with a muzzle definitely Um, worth investing in absolutely yeah I I literally I would just if you if you're in a van a van which they can have some chill out time in yeah yeah or like even oh, if you share with a share with a friend with who's got a van, a panelled van, so the dogs can't see mm. out, they can just nice and switch off. And because they do yeah. need to switch off between their runs, especially like it's a stressful mm. environment for like oh, even gotcha. stressful environment even for like with the mother more elite handlers and the dogs that are mm. very well schooled in being there. Like mm-hmm. it, even like you speak to likes of Dave who's there every year, Dan who's Sean, you know. Their dogs go away. As soon as their runs are done, they cool off and the dogs go away, chilling out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It is. I mean, you at the end of the day, you'll be exhausted, and your dogs had tons more to deal with. So, like, they do need them 
then times to switch off. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I could say as well, it's probably the norm, like for us at an agility show, we never have our dogs out of, you know, at an actual like normal agility show for the whole day. They're not with us by our side the whole day. They're actually away in the van. They would absolutely be annoyed with me. Yeah, yeah, they'd be thinking, God, can I have a break yet? And I think, like I say, Crufts is no exception, you know, do what you would normally do. And, you know, the dogs would chill out in the van between mm-hmm. rooms. That's what you would you would do at a regular show. So why change it anywhere else? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Positive. OK, Um. so last question. Um, I think this is a really um interesting one to finish off on, I think. Um. So... This person asks, do you have any advice for returning a dog to a competition after a bad ex- experience, for example, being attacked in the ring? Um, this person's worried that their dog won't enjoy agility the same anymore. And I know obviously you touched on figure out a bad experience um, and then, you know, you brought it yeah. back from that show. Any advice for, for that? Yeah, again, it's it's that whole, like, small goals, achievable goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had this now figures being chased in the ring three times by a dog that's run into the ring each time it's always figure as well isn't yeah, it's it always, always there. and it's always all apparently it's always my fault um it's always because i'm too exciting apparently um oh, God. this is this is what i'm going to touch touch on as well it's obviously like you know you need you feel like run out of the ring. yeah then then putting the mirror in the ring is not the right place for them yeah. at the moment you know, like literally, the best thing you can do with your dogs is book on a camp, a training yeah. camp when they're younger, um, and especially ones that like ones that are fenced. So, like, and I'm I'm not um, I'm not publicising this for them because they're always all fully booked. But like Dave and Dan have like a, a, a fenced arena and then a yeah. paddock on the outside, so the dogs can't get past. But if you lapse in conversation, like on, in concentration on your dog, and your dog runs to the fence, it's not going to get through the fence. But you know, yeah. actually, well, yeah, I need to watch out on that. I need to work on that straight away. Yeah. And then you go right straight away, and I need to work around it here, here, here. And then I probably do need to book on camps where other dogs are working as well, because um, in a couple of months when I've worked on this, I need to make sure that my progress is. You know, I'm yeah. checking for my progress. My dog can work with another group working because if you can't, yeah. dog can't work with another group working, then I'm sorry, don't be entering it into a show. Yeah, because um, like I say, it affects dogs that are sensitive. Then when they do, yeah, chase massively, them. massively. But equally, if your dog's one of them sensitive dogs, it, can, mm. it is. It sees another dog or another person at the edge of the ring and, and runs up to that person and goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, don't enter it into a show because you will just yeah. get backlash if you're if yeah. you're hyphen nervous dog runs up at, at um someone at the edge of the ring and like lunges barking at them doesn't do anything but runs up them lunging and barking they're outside of the ring they just stood maybe chatting that is not mm. their issue so yeah like use these places where like you've got two trainers working you have to walk through people if you're having an issue there then don't be going into the ring mm. So, you know, there's multiple times we can test our dogs before we go into the ring to make sure that they're going to stay in the ring. I'm now not saying that that's always going to happen. And, you know, dogs are dogs and we're humans and we make mistakes as well. You know, sometimes shit happens. But like I said earlier, like, 
an apology goes a long way. Um, Absolutely. But also, we have multiple opportunities to train our dogs now, especially now we're out of COVID, to train our dogs in situations that are even more hyped up than a show situation. Yeah. So I think if we can get them into like double training days and they're focused on us, brilliant. And, and so mm. then if, if that's still going successfully, then yeah, enter, enter them for shows. But I think what, what we're finding is we're finding that lots of dogs are having been run into. Um, yeah. And, and it just, it's not even like people say, well, go to fence drinks. Well, two out of the three times figures been run in on have been yeah. at fenced ringed shows i mean what not even just the one fence between there was that one time where there was literally two fences fences. they joke they go the dog jumped a fence and then landed and then jumped another fence and to jump into the ring and it's like what more could you do yeah but sometimes i think like with the fence ring shows it does attract people who say oh i'm not sure think oh i'm not sure if they'll stay in the ring but it's fine because it's fence I can guarantee yeah. you that fencing isn't going to do nothing. If your dog wants to get over that fencing, and you, I mean, yeah. come on, they're an agility dog. Yeah. They're going to get over that fencing. Um, yeah. So just just try, and like, all I would say is, I, the, two of the times I've been furious is because I've not mm. had an apology straight away. Even if they yeah. shouted, I'm really sorry, let me get my, get my dog. And then they came and found me and they were just apologetic. That would be, that, that would have been nice. Mm. Um. Yes, it wouldn't have solved the situation. Yeah. But I do yeah. appreciate, and I, I, I'm not stupid. I do know mistakes happen. Like, mm. some, and the dogs are dogs. Occasionally something random happens. And, you know, but an apology goes a long way. But I would yeah. say, um, with all these places that we have now, all these great training opportunities that we have, use them. You know, if, if it just highlights to you, that your dog might have chase drive. If it just highlights to you, your dog might have an issue with like, um, or sensitivity around people or a sensitivity around dogs. If that highlights to you at an early age that that might be an issue, you have like months and months and months to work on it outside of agility. So then test it yeah. again before you go into the ring. Um, so I would say like, you know, if something's happened in agility, um, and, you know, your dog's been run into, and I know multiple that I have, you know, it is rubbish because it can mm. be catastrophic to another dog. Um, yeah. You know, some dogs will, will not, it will not even register with them. Some dogs, it literally brings their whole world crashing in. Um, and I think for them, it is literally like, you know, go, go to the ring and even if you go in and you do a couple of obstacles and you praise them and you come out mm-hmm. and you know it's I'm sh- keeping it short doing a few obstacles coming out and the amount of times that I've picked figure up on the start line gave her a cuddle and they said when you're ready and I said like put her down and gone straight into it and then three or four jumps after when I think oh she's really anxious still I'll pick her up and I'll give her a cuddle and be like it's okay yeah and then we'll go further away in the middle of the course you know, and and should like see if I can get her to do something that isn't being anxious or being nervous. And if I mm-hmm. get that, I'll be like, oh wow! And then I'll pick her up again. I'll go and go and clip a lead on and give her loads of treats and say, wow, you were really brave in that ring. Like it was really clever. 
um and make her feel like what she's done has been a big thing like it's been you know like i'm really happy with what she's done she's gone in she's yeah. been confident um but yeah you but also you've got like um just like use other other venues um try and find other venues um or like shows where you can take some treats in the ring like um the training in the ring shows or the course running events where you kept it again there's a little bit more pressure you're a little bit pushed for time because you can't take yeah. as long as you maybe would at training find them and and even if because even in their venues like you could say right okay i'm just going to do the first four jumps and then can i yep. come in and then do the last four jumps after so they're doing two goes but like there's someone going in between you. yeah so they're literally doing four jumps and then four jumps again but each time you're running out and running in like a mad hatter and it's an amazing good time and it's just building it up slowly and sometimes it does have to be like slowly slowly because it you know it's really really scary when you don't see something coming and then you get injected in and you've not even known what's coming to you like how do you know like any dog that barks might be that dog that's going to run in and chase you like yeah. it's, it's got to be really bloody scary and especially with you know the amount of of dogs that are like by the side of the rings barking yeah or the people that are by the side of the rings like mm. it's it is hard for them so small small um doses don't just make your change your goals like we said before yeah. like even yeah. if it's like or if I do four, if she does four obstacles and she comes out and she's happy and wagging her tail, that's a goal. That's a win. Absolutely. I think, like I say, you, you know, your expectations and as well, obviously, when you have a bad experience, you are, you know, you might have been somewhere higher up in the terms of where you'd got to on your progress and it might have brought you back down again, but don't expect to be straight back to that level of progress, you know, work with where you're at. Like you say, yeah, yeah. You know, just build up gradually, and you know, gradually, gradually. And just, I think there's always something sometimes like a spanner thrown in the works and it and it like diverts your whole journey. Um yeah. and I just think it's like rather than, than just having your one route to you know, like your one route to the your certain destination, just yeah. like you might need to venture off. Venture off to uh, different countries and come back join yep. back on route but then you might need to venture off somewhere else and then come back in and it might take a little bit longer but you know you'll have seen more of what you've like of what you you've built so yep. you're, you're understanding your dog more you're understanding their needs you, you I think it just really I think actually going through it as more than seeing it as a negative I think it really makes you appreciate and mm. look at your dog and know your dog inside out absolutely um, and I think you do you do know um you do know to read your dog a lot better and I think it does when you've had this as well like yes it's yeah. frustrating I'm 100% with you like it is frustrating as hell um but I think it makes you a better dog trainer and it will make mm -hmm. you a better dog trainer for your other dogs as well because you will already be like right okay now I need to know that I need to look out for that I just need to be mindful about this and I need to be mindful about that um, and, it, and just all these things that you were totally like um, like oblivious to before mm. it just never, you'll just start to think okay yeah okay yeah okay you know the amount of times I've said to people like you know that if, and it, it like not in horror they just stood talking and then the classes started I'm like um, excuse me could you could you just move away from the ring a little bit 
and it's yeah. not when I win it's just that I've observed it and seen it and said you know like I don't know they might be stood right near a, um, a tunnel exit or they might be stood right near the end of a dog walk entrance or exit and it's quite intimidating for the dogs and like yeah. you know you know it's just just be mindful and yes sometimes we like we're all human dogs are dogs sometimes mistakes happen just just be um yeah I think sometimes like remember people shout when they're frustrated so yes. like yeah. you know if if something's happened to figure I'd be fuming but if yeah. that person literally turned around and went honestly I'm really sorry I'm really sorry I'd be like oh I can't even be angry with you now yeah yeah but then that makes me calmer because yeah. you've apologized like yeah. honestly like being like I think sometimes people find it really hard to apologize but I just think mm. sometimes the apology apology is the quickest way to resolve something oh massively um, the quickest way to resolve something and also for the dogs and I know that if I'm stressed around figure it's not going to be helpful for her mm. I will I will but inside I'm like seething mm. so I'm like it's okay but equally she knows that like she knows I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm frustrated and mad so I'm like right I need to just get to my toy I just need yeah I need to flick her some treats and say well done for trying and let's have a little walk off and then I can put her in the car with the treats, and then and then I can be annoyed as. Yeah, yeah, and I think like I say, an apology goes a really long way when, especially when like I say, you've had you know really bad experience somewhere. You you know you know you're trying to protect your dog, but at the same time you're seething. You you're really mad, and I I hope like people listening, even if they've not got a sensitive dog they can take that away from it in terms of you know having that awareness of what's going on for other people and what you have to kind of battle with and, and manage with sensitive dogs um, yeah. and I think like I say you know when people do eventually then have a dog that is you know like what we're talking about you do get, get that appreciation and you do see agility in a massively different way for them yeah. so um, yeah I think like I say hopefully what we've obviously discussed for people who haven't maybe got that experience of having a sensitive dog it's given a lot of enlightenment in terms of what they can do in the environment as well um and as I say I found it really informative you know what we've gone through and there's a lot of things actually I'm going to apply to my training this weekend when I'm at a show um so yeah so I think it's been really beneficial is there anything else you want to add to finish off with or no I just I just think it's just really important to talk to people and it, and find somebody who uh, who understands um yeah or can read your dog, like, because it's all right saying it, but just somebody who has an understanding about behaviour, um, yeah. an understanding about what's going on with the dogs and being able to read the dog and seeing where they're anxious. And just, have, like, talk to somebody, like, don't do it alone because it's hard. Um, yeah. And but just keep tracking your own journey. And even when it, it's absolutely rubbish, track it. Because in two yeah. months' time, you'll come back and you'll be like, wow. Um, so just tra- track your journey. Make sure your goals are small enough that you can have multiple wins. Don't go for, like, the big heavy goals straight away. Like, yeah. small achievable goals. And honestly, they are so important because it, that will lift your spirits and that will lift your dog spirit. That will increase your, um, like, the, the amount you're succeeding. 
and the, mm -hmm. the net, like, every, like the end of the day we all want to do well like so yes we're probably not going to be seeing as many red rows there but it doesn't mean you're not having wins and then wins can just be as as good as getting you know a first place rosette so um just make sure you're you're getting multiple wins to keep you both on the yes. on a good positive track um so yeah i think appropriate goal setting um yeah with a good amount of win ratio is exactly what these dogs need and people yes. need yeah and i think you just like say you just need to advocate for your dog you know if we believe in them great you know you've got you know you've got your own number one fan for your dog you know we should exactly. be that but i think yeah. if you're constantly your testing them yeah you need to be your dog's biggest cheerleader and they'll be your biggest yeah. cheerleader in turn absolutely absolutely oh lovely i think that's a really nice way to to finish this one off i think i can't believe how long we've talked for it's one of the things that i can talk all day about i mean oh, i can talk okay. anyway for a long time yeah but, um, oh I no i think you can always yeah, talk yeah. about um uh re like reactivity and sensitive yeah. dogs and over arousal dogs but also like yeah if anyone has any questions or if anyone is struggling then i can help um online so that's always yes. um a way that you can contact me we can talk about things that we can talk about progressing um yes. if that if that is something that you're struggling with like you don't you know don't do it alone like i said um and there's there's multiple other trainers out there that are really good at analyzing um behavior um so yeah just just watch watch your dogs get someone else to video you and and try not to do it alone try not to get too in your head achievable goals i think they're the main things you need to remember really yeah absolutely um so yeah so for people that obviously want to get in touch with you because i know you obviously do a bit of online training as well as obviously your in-person stuff and your membership for your um club and everything um where can they find that information i'll put a link anyways but where can they find it yeah so um www.readytorunagility.com um and on that um i'm actually i'm needing to update it at the moment so i have my membership if you're local to me so that means you yes. get first dibs to see any of training days any of my training guest trainers etc um any discount deals that i get um get posted on there as well um so if you're relatively local you might want to take advantage of that or um i do online stuff where you just need to ping me a message the best thing to do is to ping me a message um yes. on um facebook on my my page uh, my personal page um if you ping me a message on that and um then we can sort something out um and obviously if um it needs if you're a little bit further away obviously we can do um some online work as well yeah oh fantastic and like i say i mean obviously i know i've i've um, got a lot of help from you over the years as well and i think you know anyone that is struggling out there I couldn't imagine anyone else with more of a wealth of information and knowledge on this subject, which is obviously why I asked you to talk about it. But <laughs> I think from, you know, from that kind of like looking from a personal perspective, I think anyone that is struggling absolutely should get in touch with you. I'm going to say that you'll be inundated now. I won't be able to get, I won't be able to get any <laughs> advice from you anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, damn it. Um, <laughs> damn. Um, yeah, I think I always take it's. I think it's always for me. It's. I really do love seeing the dogs that people have worked yeah. hard with, and it's not. I love seeing when it's not been an easy journey. I like to see them results. So I think it's always 
to me it brings me a bigger smile when I know somebody's worked so hard um yeah. so yeah I think them then journeys are always always for me even if, even when I've not been part of that journey I always love following them journeys absolutely very very rewarding ones to watch definitely oh lovely well as I say I'll put a link to where people can find you um hopefully we're not too many will so I can still get in with you but um (laughs) but yeah no thank you Lucy so much for your time it's been really good um to hear all your thoughts and all your advice and I know there's a lot of things I can now go back and apply and and practice for my lot um but yeah no thank you so much 